in the last posting about using technology in teaching in the classroom, I talked about how the technology allows us to be the guide on the side for our students or our children or our colleagues because there's only one person sitting in front of a keyboard and a screen. Thank goodness we're way past the time when we had to have two or three kids at every desktop. That's what it was like when we first started to use computers. But now every child has the possibility of having its their own his or her own desktop or iPad or 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 tablet or whatever so then the teacher roams around or sits at a table doing his or her own thing while the child is on the computer so then we're not actively trying to fill in what a child doesn't already know. We're trying to guide that child to new skill development or new knowledge or new feelings about the world and so on. So if you stop and think about it, how do you go about doing that? You do that by asking questions. A guide doesn't really only mean to show the way. You have to direct the way for the learner or learners that you're working with. You show them or you ask them questions so that they can then find the answers themselves. So let's use a simple example like Google. And you decide, this is something that I used to do, and I know it was done a lot. You want children to do some kind of a, a report on pets. You tell them that you want them to write about their pet and tell you something about that pet. What, what's the name of the group, the genus, the species, where do they normally live in the world, and so on. You write out some questions, or you sit together and you talk about questions. What kinds of things should you include in your report? And then... In the old days, my kids used, my students used to run to the encyclopedia and they'd look up the word dog or cat or gerbil and so on. <clears throat> Today, they don't need to look up just the word dog. They can Google for information on the computer. But then you become the guide on the side because you help them narrow down what it is they're looking for. You help them focus the lens within which they're 
finding their information. So let's use that example of a pet. And you want the children to learn something about the pet that they have. Student, student A has a Cocker Spaniel. So what are they going to do when they get to the computer? What are they going to look up? You know, because you're listening to this, that there is so much information out there, it's very difficult to sort it out. You need to help the student or your child focus their attention. They're looking for information in a particular direction. So we've decided it's going to be Cocker Spaniel. But what about the Cocker Spaniel? What kinds of questions? You get a piece of paper and you sit down and you ask, so, okay, tell me, what do you want to find out? And you negotiate with your learner what it is they need to find out about. How old do they normally live? Where did the where did this gene, the genus come from? The type of dog. Where did it come from? What are the things that that type of dog are known for? What are the things that pet owners like about them or dislike about them? Do they make good guard dogs? What kinds of things do they like to eat? And so on and so on and so forth. So you become the guide on the side, helping the child narrow down the scope of what it is they're trying to look for. Because every child has an area within which they're able to function comfortably. And you don't want to make it so big, so wide, that they can't figure out where they want to go. The best, most effective learning takes place when we help the child find a niche that they can fill, a little area that they look into. Let's say you want them to do research on a sport, something that they're interested in, and where do you want them to go for their research? That's the next question. If you're interested in learning about sports, you can do you can look up the word sport in Google, but that's still going to be an overwhelming amount of information. Obviously, Looking up a specific sport is not something that you, a challenge that you would give to a high school student. It's more likely going to be an elementary school student. So then, what kinds of skills does an athlete who is interested in speed skating, what kinds of skills do they need? What muscle groups does their body depend upon to excel? What special equipment do they need? 
How young can they be when they start? In the newspaper or in a magazine, they can look for the names of special athletes in their sport and then follow that link and do more research that way. Because this is the way students think, what more can you, what ways can you branch out from that sport? What are the records? Is it the fastest? The, fa the fastest speed skater? Is speed skating and the records in speed skating the same as running? So therefore, there's a 100 meter, 200 meter, 500 meter, 1,000 meter, a relay, men and women, and so forth. You build on top. You help the child think so that they can go forward on their own. You give them the opportunity to help you frame the questions because then they're programmed. They're beginning to think about what they should be looking for. But you're the guide on the side. You don't tell them. You show them where to go to find what they're interested in. And then you ask pointed questions to help them continue to look. Remembering that every child has a zone of proximal development, an area within which everything is comfortable in terms of what they're asked to do. And if you go beyond that, they become frustrated if it's too hard or bored if it's too easy. So you have to know your learner and you have to help that learner by asking questions that they can easily find the answers to and can easily cope with the material that they're going to find. It's not easy anymore. It used to be easy when I was a classroom teacher to stand in front of a group of students and say, okay, today we're practicing multiplication of one number by one, by, from one digit by one digit. So, Peter, five times two. Rosalie, eight times three. Harry, one times ten. Nina, six times five and so on, until they are picking up their speed. And then you give them a bunch of questions and you set to work. And then you go around and you play, not guide on the side, you play policeman. Are you doing your work? Why aren't you on the next question? What are you doing? Why is it taking you so long? And so on. Our job becomes so much more complicated for us, but for them, for the people, the students, the kids we're working with, it's more meaningful. We're not asking them why you can't do this better, why you're taking so long. Are you sure you know? Where can we go to find help 
to work on this. Do you need me to give you some more examples so you can do this better yourself? And so on. I'm going to close you with an image. I'm going to close this session with an image. If you decide you're going to bake cookies with your son or your daughter, what do you do? You give them the equipment, you help them by showing them and then letting them do the same thing, and you talk about it all through the experience because it's an experience that they're going to learn from. And you're hoping that the next time you won't have to talk as much and they'll tell you more. That's what it means to be a guide on the side. And the technology just makes it easier. Having a computer makes it easier to find information makes it easier to find questions and answers. Next day, we'll talk about what other technologies are there besides the computer. Because technology is a big concept, and there are all kinds. See ya.